0: Hey, it's a joy to have you here today, and uh, this week we're we have never done a good Friday service. We're doing it this year. Um, Alice has asked me several times over the years, why why don't we have a good Friday service?" So she said, "Why are we doing it this year?" I said, to get you off my back." no um, what the reason, like last year we looked at the crucifixion and the Resurrection on Easter Sunday. And and this year, I really wanted to separate Palm Sunday and Easter, the Resurrection, and also the Crucifixion. And so, uh, I don't know if we'll always do it this way every year, but this Friday night, we'll be observing the Lord's Supper as part of our Good Friday service. And then Sunday, we'll have a picnic uh, or a potluck breakfast and... Uh, celebrating the birthdays of Jeff Miller and Fida. Their birthdays are next Sunday. And then we'll have a service focusing only on the resurrection. And because we're having a service Friday night, we won't have one Sunday night. And then, uh, I hope that you'll participate in these events and rejoice with us in God, our savior. And next month when we're going to have the Lord's Supper on, on a Sunday morning, well in May. Uh, but, uh, We're not going to do it Easter morning like I had originally planned. We're going to do it Friday night, focusing on the crucifixion. So this morning we're going to be in Matthew 21. And in Matthew 21, it tells uh, part of the story of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I say it tells part of the story because all four Gospels mention this. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. They have a lot of stuff they share together, but John is different, and yet all four Gospels mention this, and yet each one mentions it just a little differently, focusing a little differently because each of the Gospels was written for a different audience, and then we pull it all together, and it gives us a better picture. So we'll be quoting from the other ones. But, but even if all of the Gospels, all that were written in Matthew 21, it can't tell you the whole story. Because the story begins a long time before that day when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. A thousand B.C., a thousand years before Christ, David ruled in Israel. Now, King David did not control all of his passions. We know that if you've read the Scripture, you understand that. But the people felt he was both a good king and a godly king. And God himself said, David was a man after God's own heart. When you look at David's psalms of repentance, you see he was a man who chased after God's heart. Even though he sinned, he repented publicly, boldly, and chased after the heart of God. David's son Solomon then led Israel to even greater glory and built the first temple that was in Jerusalem. When Solomon died, his son Rehoboam was so poorly prepared to lead that the northern tribes seceded. And ten tribes went up to the north and they reformed the nation of Israel while the tribal areas of Benjamin and Judah became the nation of Judah. And there was a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. 1 Kings 14 records that Shishak, king of Egypt, raided the southern kingdom of Judah and took away the gold from the temple about 925 BC. So <laughs> the king at the time then, uh, instead of having gold targets, and gold, he put brass up so it could look almost the same. Uh, and then Israel had ongoing battles against Assyrians, Arabs, Ethiopians, and Philistines, and in a series of kings, some of whom were good and some of whom were self-indulgent and unspiritual. Even though prophets like Elijah and Elisha would call the people back to God, the people still drifted away, kind of like our country today. Uh, founded on good principles, but were moving away from those good principles. And for generations, people have been calling America back to God. But in 722 B.C., The nation of Assyria conquered Israel, and the nation of Babylon then conquered Assyria. And Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah were defeated by the Egyptians at the Battle of Megiddo about 609 BC. Just a few years later, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon would then conquer Judah and the Egyptians. In 538 B.C., after conquering Babylon, Cyrus the Great sent the people of Israel back from Babylon back to Israel so they could restore the city and the temple. And 459 B.C., Ezra, the Jewish priest, led 5,000 Jews from Babylon to Jerusalem. In 445 B.C., Nehemiah returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. In 400 B.C., the Old Testament was completed with the prophecies of Malachi. Then the Greek general, Alexander the Great, conquered the Persian Empire and ruled over Israel in 332 B.C. Israel was then conquered by Egypt, and there was a series of wars, the most famous of which was the Maccabean Revolt, which occurred in 167 to 160 B.C., in 146 B.C., the Romans then conquered the Greek Empire, and things changed. And in 63 B.C., Rome sent Pompey the Great to intervene in a civil war in Israel between two religious sects who were fighting for control, and they neither one got what they wanted. Rome solidified their dominance over Israel. And you're saying, huh? I thought that we were going to hear the Bible. What's all this history stuff? Well, the history is of God at work through his people through the years. But you need to realize the people in Jesus' day, they remembered King David. Most school kids, after they've been in school for a few years, they know who George Washington was. If I ask you to name our 22nd president, how many of you could do it right now? Name our 35th president. How many of you know our first president? Yeah. George Washington. Yeah, we remember him. Uh. And and you might remember Abraham Lincoln, but you don't remember which one he was or when he showed up. And, you know, if you've read history much, you remember Teddy Roosevelt because he was quite a character. And so he stands out, but some of them didn't stand out quite so much. But David stood out. David was not the founding king of Israel. Saul was. But David was the kingly king of Israel. He was the king they aspired to be like. All other kings were compared to David, even in the Bible. It says he did not follow God like his father David, or he did follow God like his father David. Every king after David is compared to David. That's right. People tell me, you know, they want to get me involved in political debates, and I choose not to most of the time. What do you think of our president? I said, oh man, I love George Washington. Uh, All downhill from there. But, you know, David was the one. King David. And they longed for Israel to be restored. And so in the Old Testament, there's two different tracks of the Messiah. In some of the texts, it looks like the Messiah will be the one who comes and suffers and dies, like Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, and other passages. And then other, oh, he's going to be the conquering king, like Zachariah writes. And, and so we have these two different tracks, and, and there's suffering serving the conquering king. And over time, Israel kind of forgot this one. And the Messiah they were looking for was the conquering king who's going to restore Israel to the glory days of David. He was going to make Israel great again. The glory days of King David. But they weren't looking at the Scripture. They were looking at what the rabbis said. And that's a danger for you, too. If all you do is listen to what the preacher says, you need to get in the Word of God. Paul praised the people in Berea for going home and making sure what Paul preached was consistent with Scripture. You have a responsibility to follow the Word, not just listen to it. Because, listen, I listened to some sermons on the radio... Some of them are really, really bad. Of course, I've listened to some of mine and they weren't so good either. But anyway... So going back to King David, before King David, the glory years of Israel, there were prophecies of the Messiah. And the prophecies of the Messiah began in Genesis, and they continued all through the Old Testament. There was these references from the book of Genesis, the foundation of human history, to the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament. There's all these references to the Messiah, the King, the one who would come. So Israel was a nation built on Messiahship focusing on Messiah, longing for Messiah, waiting for the Redeemer, much like the church today is waiting for the return of Christ to come in the clouds and call us up to be with him and eventually to come and rule on planet Earth. We're longing for that. Israel was longing for the Messiah. So when kids would get up and they'd go to synagogue school, they'd be taught the Messiah will come someday, perhaps in your lifetime. And they would long for and yearn for the Messiah. And the Lord described His kingdom and He decreed that He would come and that He would rule. And the prophecies told of Him and the rabbinical teaching then focused mostly on the coming King. For more than 900 years, they had been invaded, conquered, defeated. They longed for the greatness of the days of King David. They longed for the glory of King Solomon. They wanted the warrior Messiah. And Jesus came into Jerusalem fulfilling some of those very prophecies for the Messiah. Before we read Matthew 21, we go back in Jewish tradition when they recognized a king, 2 Kings. Chapter 9, verse 13, each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps. And they blew trumpets saying, Jehu is king. So they took off their outer coats and they placed them on the ground and they piled them up. And then the king stood there showing their uh, subservience to him, their submission to him. So what they did with Jesus coming in, they did the same thing. They took off their outer cloaks and they put it there. Uh, The Old Testament said they also put branches down. And in the Gospels, um, it said they were palm branches that were put down in the road as Jesus came down. So this was a sign of the people recognizing one as king. One of the great prophecies of the Messiah, Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the foal of a donkey. Now we're going to see that's exactly what Jesus did. And a a prophecy of the praise the people would say when they saw their Messiah. Psalm 118 says, Save now, I pray. Hosanna means save us. Save now, I pray, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It's interesting in the New Testament when Jesus comes, they say, Hosanna, save now. And they say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But they leave off that prosperity line. That occurs at the second coming of the Lord Jesus, not at the first. But um, some of us have different translations we read from and use. But on the front of the bulletin, we have uh, some verses there. We're going to read those together in just a minute. So if you can have that ready, we'll read that in just a minute. Matthew 21. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, probably Bethany, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, ye shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the full of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on them, just like if I put my suit coat on it. And they set him on them, and a very great multitude spread their garments in the road, and others cut down branches from the trees. Uh, In one of the other Gospels, it mentions specifically palm branches. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. That sounds nicer than Coats in the Road Sunday. It's the same thing. Verse 9. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed out, uh, followed, cried out, saying, Now, on the front of your bulletin, we have these words. And now, to set the scene, the stage, it didn't start out everybody in unison. Let's all say this in unison. And they didn't have Paul up there saying, ready, one, two, three, go. It just started. And so we're going to do that this morning, okay? We're going to just start. And when I point to your group, we're going to go four groups. One, two, three, four. And when I point to your group, so all of you guys over here, one, you guys are split. So, sorry, Claus, your Teresa and Lucas you are over here. Okay. And and what when I point to you, you start, and we're gonna say it right here. Only you gotta say it with it, Jerusalem. I'm <laughs> enthusiasm. Almost the same word. Okay. Say it with Jerusalem. Okay. All right, ready. Say it with enthusiasm. You gotta say Hosanna. Now let's try. Let's not say Hosanna. Let's say Hosanna. Try it. Ready? One, two, three. Hosanna. All right, there we go. Now, you guys ready? When you start, you're going to start, and then you're going to start, and you're going to and it's going to be this noisy cacophony of sound, and that's exactly what it was like on that day. Ready? Keep going. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine the crazy sound? (laughs) I wear hearing aids. And when I get in a crowd and they're all doing that, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Turn them down. I I don't remember where I was. Oh, I was with uh, Megan. I went to this urban uh Urban jungle, and we were doing trampolines and everything, and it was rowdy, and kids were making noise, and I'm like, down, down, down. I finally had to turn them completely off, but it was still fun. But all this noise, now, when this starts, what do you think happened to the people who weren't here? They're not right there, they don't see Jesus, there's more people coming. They get caught up in it. Because for more than 900 years, they've been longing for the glory days of David! They've been conquered. They've been trampled. They've been divided. They've been hauled off to foreign countries and then sent back. And oh man, they want those glory days. And now it's starting. They're like, is it happening? Is this really happening? And they're wildly excited and enthusiastic. Is this the king who would come? Jesus comes in. All the excitement, the exuberance of that day. Now, we're going to look. I want you to think about five groups. First of all, is the convinced. These are the ones who were certain he was the Messiah. Principally, these are the apostles and his closest disciples. In Matthew 16, uh, Jesus came into the region, region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter answered, well, it said they said some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said, But whom say ye? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. The Christ is a title. Christ was not just Jesus' last name. Christ is his title. It means the Messiah. That's the way you would say it in Greek, like the New Testament and Aramaic. But in the Old Testament, Hebrew, it was Messiah. So you are the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one we've been longing for for over 900 years. His disciples recognized he was truly the Messiah, the Christ. Now, It's a little easier for us to recognize this. We have all the gospels written out for us. We can compare the Old Testament to the New Testament. We can see fulfillment after fulfillment after fulfillment of prophecy in Jesus Christ. We can say, oh yes, that's the Messiah. We have more than they did. But we rejoice in him a little less than they did. We are called to be disciples. Not to be Christians, to be disciples. Disciples implies movement. We're in the process of continually moving closer to Christ. We're not just believers, we are progressors. We are disciples pursuing the Lord. We are called to be disciples and we have more revelation than they did. We can easily see that Jesus was And is the Messiah. Because we have seen and heard the end of the story. But we are also called to go and make disciples. So disciples make disciples. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then you individually are moving closer to him. You are also bringing other people along. Bringing them to salvation. And growth and maturity in Christ. You're not really a disciple of Jesus if you're not doing those things. So the convinced, they were the disciples, the apostles, they drew closer to him, they knew He was the Messiah. They maybe read, led the chorus of these songs coming in, and the crowd before him and the crowd after him singing, and people crowding around. I like this picture. There's kids, there's joys, there's celebration, there's like, "It's this is it. It's really come. I like to watch sports. I I like to watch the winning team. (laughs) Yay! And the losing team. oh. I I feel bad, especially when my team lost. I I feel bad about that. But, But the joy, we did it! That's what they were feeling this day. We did it! This is like you have just played a concert and you have a standing ovation. You did it! We we were at the symphony recently through veterans tickets, vet ticks. I got tickets to the symphony. And there was a guy in the auditorium who actually wrote a piece. It was a commissioned piece. And this was the world premiere of his piece of music, whatever it was called. One of them music things, you know. And, and it was really good. And then afterward, the guy, they called the guy who wrote it up on the platform. And everybody standing and clapping. For those, and he was just, just had joy. And he turned to the symphony and he applauded them because they did it really well. It was, it was a cool moment. And this is that day. They're celebrating. They're rejoicing. They're enthusiastic. They're exuberant. Then there was the crowd. When uh, our oldest daughter was in high school... Back then, our town only had one. And uh, she was in high school, and uh, there was a riot. And the National Guard got called out. There were 300 students involved in this riot. And she said, it was the craziest thing. This big thing started, and as she's moving away, hundreds of kids are running toward this thing. She did the smart thing. She moved away from it. But the people in the crowd... They got caught up in the crowd. Some of them were true believers. They had sat and listened to Jesus. They had seen perhaps his miracles. They knew Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead. And some of the crowd, they were enthusiastic, but some of the crowd were just the crowd. Some of the people in the crowd got caught up in the emotion of the event. If you ever go to a, Sporting thing today, you, you better wear your knee braces or something. You have to stand through the whole thing. And it used to be you stood for the great plays, you know. Everybody would stand up when it was close at the end of the game. Uh, but last game I went to, everybody stood the whole time. I moved over and found a seat where I could see fairly well and sit down. Uh, there was the crowd gathered, enthusiastic, uh, caught up in the emotion, And and by the way, emotions are not evil. God gave us emotions. We are hardwired to have an emotional response to the significant emotions of other people. So if somebody you dearly love is crying deeply and you don't feel any empathetic pain for them, there's something wrong with you. God wired us to connect through emotions. And so the crowd was... Very enthusiastic and exuberant. Now this passage doesn't show the whole thing. But verse 10, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. What do you understand out of what they said? When they described, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? What did they say? A prophet. Do you realize that Muslims in the worship, uh, in Islam, they recognize Jesus as a prophet, but they don't recognize him as the Messiah? Knowing him as a prophet is not enough. That's the beginning of understanding. He's a man who had spiritual insight, yes, but he is the man who had the spiritual insight. He is not only the Son of God, he is God the Son. We need to recognize the true Jesus. So the crowd, for the most part, didn't get who he was. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. No, this is God the Son from heaven who stepped into humanity to pay our sin debt. The crowd. Then there were the critics. Not described in Matthew, but in Luke 19.39. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now, they pretended to respect Jesus by calling him rabbi or teacher. But in truth, they were jealous and suspicious, as Benjamin was talking about earlier. Uh, they, When Jesus was just this uh, guy off teaching somewhere, it didn't bother him. But when he came to Jerusalem got a big crowd, oh, now these guys were jealous, they were angry, they were upset. Uh, they wanted to stop this. And so they're saying, hey, rabbi, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Even in that, they're telling him what to do. Now, I know, I know, you're thinking, who are they to tell God what to do? Have you listened to some of your prayers? Sometimes you tell God what to do, don't you? Oh, God, here's what you need to do here. God, look, you messed up. You didn't quite get that right. They were critics. Instead of listening to and learning from Jesus, they were jealous and suspicious of him. (laughs) And I love Luke records Jesus' response. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. (laughs) You could picture that on the VeggieTales version, right? They'd start singing. But but wouldn't that be amazing? God's the creator God. He spoke the stars into existence. I once preached a message from Luke on that passage, and the title was, Are You Smarter Than a Rock? Because the rocks would praise God, but we don't always. And I, so there were the critics. They didn't like this. And for the most part, it wasn't because, oh, let's examine the Scripture and let's see, no, this is only part of the Messiah. For the most part, they rejected him not because of Scripture. They rejected him because of politics and power. Their control base was going away. Crowds were following Jesus. They didn't like that. And then there's the confused. The confused. John 12 says, even some of his disciples, his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that he had done these things to them. They they didn't really make all the connections of everything Jesus was doing. And the triumphal entry left them rejoicing but also confused because when it ended, Jesus just went back to Bethany. And the next day, he he wasn't ruling, he wasn't reigning, he wasn't advancing, he wasn't moving forward. One of the questions the disciples frequently asked, Will you at this time restore the glory to Israel? They were looking, longing for the glory days of David. But that's not what Jesus was doing at that time. Aren't you glad? He didn't come to conquer. He came to pay your sin debt. He died on the cross in your place. And if He had not done what He did when He did, you would be on your way to hell today. Some of you maybe still are. Maybe you have never asked Jesus to be your Savior. The Bible says you're still on your way to hell. It's not Hosanna except for those who believe. Hosanna is, Lord, save us. Save us now. The confused. Now, lest we think too little of the disciples for not understanding everything, we get confused too, don't we? You know, we think God's moving in in a direction. Several years ago, I was certain God was moving in one direction, and Kathy and I talked about it, prayed about it. We were okay with what we thought God was doing. And then it's like, and it was like God wanted us to prepare for this, to get us to this place, so that He could not have it go forward, 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 further. I think you understand, and I'm getting tongue-tied here. But, but the, the afterward, we realized it wasn't getting us there that we thought God was doing, it was getting us here. And once He got us here, then we could go forward for Him in a way we couldn't when we were back here. So the preparation was beneficial, even though the end result was different than what we thought. God is at work on you, in you, through you, for you, all the time. God is working. And so it's okay if you're a little confused. To be honest with you, if you came up to me today and said, I got the omnipotent God all figured out, I understand everything, I wouldn't say, man, can we have lunch? I'd say, can I have a phone? I need to call 911. We gotta put this guy in one of the straitjackets. You can't figure God out completely. We can understand a lot about God because he chose to reveal himself to us. But just like the Jews in that day, they were not the Messiah, the Messiah. they, You know, there was the conquering king. There was the suffering servant. And they didn't understand it's two events, one person. That's why John the Baptist said, are you the one that would come? Because he saw Jesus doing this. Or do we look for another, a different one? And Jesus no, no, I'm the one. I fulfill the scripture now, and I'll fulfill the scripture later. So it's okay if you're a little confused. Choose to trust Him anyway. As somebody said, that's why it's called faith. We have to choose to follow and trust Him. And then, of course, the Christ. The Christ, the Messiah. Jesus was not reveling in the worship and praise. Jesus, no, oh man, this is great. You didn't see Jesus saying, the greatest day of my life. No. That wasn't Jesus. He knew this was an emotional response, but not necessarily a spiritual response. And listen to the words of Jesus from Psalm 19. Remember, this is in the middle of chaos. Chaos. This is that cacophony of sound of people cheering and rejoicing and yelling and shouting and glory. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. So all this joy and shouting and what's Jesus doing? He's crying. Oh, wait a minute. Real men don't cry. Oh, yes, they do. You don't get more real, more strong, more bold, more brave than Jesus. And the scriptures record him crying on multiple occasions. Because God made us emotional, not just spiritual and physical. It's okay to cry in a manly way. It'd be a little awkward if you're Oh, anyway. But that's okay. In the trauma of your soul, don't try and hide your pain. Jesus did He wept over it. And he said, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. They did not realize that God was come. This is not just Hosanna, save now. This is Emmanuel, God with us. And they didn't recognize it. And they missed their golden opportunity. They missed the great and glorious day. The best day in the history of Israel. And history tells us that in A.D. 70, Rome destroyed Israel and the temple. The last holdouts were in Masada and the Romans built an embankment to conquer and destroy them exactly as Jesus said. He knew what was coming. Jesus knew that some of those same people that were crying, Hosanna! Would later in the week cry, Crucify Him! Before the end of the week. But He loved them anyway. And He died for their sins. And yours. He is the Christ. The Messiah. The Savior. Hosanna! Save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Isn't it kind of ironic that the Lord came in the name of the Lord? In fulfillment of Scripture, the Lord came. We worship him. We celebrate his coming. We look forward to his coming again. And we worship him in spirit and in truth. Blessed is the son of David, not one of, the one, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. Blessed is he because he made a way for our salvation. Blessed is he because he came knowing what would happen. Blessed is he because his heart was broken with the lostness of humanity. He wept for them. On the day when people were shouting his praise, he was stirred for the lostness of the people around him. I think we should be too. We should be stirred. Now I don't know if you've ever trusted Christ as your Savior. I know a lot of you have. A lot of you I've heard your testimonies. Some of you I've led to the Lord. But the Bible says we're all sinners on our way to hell. But Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. And what you have to do is believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and then confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so you ask him to be your savior and forgive your sins and he will be. So if you have never done that today, please don't leave here without doing that. Trust Christ. This, that's the reason this week exists in human history. This week called Passion Week. Jesus came to die so that you and I could be saved. So don't miss that. We're going to sing a song in just a minute. Um, before we sing a song, I want to just have a word of prayer. And, and then I'll do a short announcement with you, and then uh, and then we'll sing together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in awe of who he is and how he loves. Uh, we can't imagine loving us at our worst, and yet he did. When we were dead in trespasses and sins, when we were enemies, he gave his life for us. We thank you for his amazing love. We thank you for his grace and his strength. We thank you for those who recognized him and were convinced that he was the Messiah. And we want to be part of that group. We want to rejoice and be ready when you come again as they were ready when you came the first time. So help us, Father, to follow you, heart and soul. In Jesus' name, amen.